today on 2C Vans. I could be wrong, but is today like the first day of nesting season? or is It that... is. The, the morning crew went out this morning, and um, I, I haven't heard that there were any nests. I think that would have been, I would have gotten a text. Um, but the, the nesting on this coast is a little delayed from the East Coast. So yeah. the East Coast has had um, a number of leatherbacks. They've had a really good season so far, um, but they've but the first couple of loggerhead nests were only recorded this last week. Um, so it'll probably be a little while before it starts picking up over here. Hello and welcome to Two Sea Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory, your podcast for marine science, conservation, and education here at Moat in Sarasota, Florida. I'm Haley Rutger, and I am Joe Nicholson. Welcome back for another remote. Get that remote. 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 Well, most of what we're doing is remote these days as we uh, stay apart from each other to protect our health around COVID-19. I miss people. You miss people. Do you though? I do. (laughs) I do. I'm one of those humans that needs humans. Our guest is not so sure that you're uh, telling the truth. Uh, (laughs) Dear guest, we can't wait to talk to you today. Can you tell us your name and title, please? Uh, my name is Dr. Jake Lasala, and I am gonna. I am, I am the postdoc of the sea turtle uh, conservation and research program at Moat Marine Lab. Recently so joined us, huh? Jake from Sea Turtles. Mm-hmm. With my khakis. <laughs> <laughs> A moat shirt and your khakis. Uh, I actually don't own any moat shirts. I, oh, yeah, uh, huh? We'll get you I some. Haven't, <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. I uh, I have a well, moat hat. Probably- that's probably because you don't like people because you're walking the beach at night. I, you know, turtles are, uh, they do what you tell them to, sort of. <laughs> Unlike people. <laughs> exactly. At least yeah. more, more than we do, anyway. Um, so, yeah, you walk the, what, we got to get to what you're going to do here at Moat. And first, though, we wanted to ask about your history a little bit. Where so, are you from, man? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I got my undergrad at University of Chicago. Um, and I got my master's at Georgia Southern, um, and I got my PhD from Florida Atlantic University. So you're from, Broca. so you're from Illinois. Um, my family lives in Illinois now, but I, um, I have lived in over ten states in my life. So it's sort of all military around. guy. No, actually, um, how detailed do you want me to get in? <laughs> Well, you know, this is a family-friendly <laughs> thing, so. <laughs> uh, my mom was a interim minister, um, which means that she comes in when a called and installed leaves and then uh, um, sort of fixes the church until it's ready for a new pastor. Um, oh. But that's a short stint, and you can only do that for one church, and then you have to move on. <laughs> so we moved a lot. Well, um, you got to see the country, at least. I did, yeah. That's wild. So, and how did you, how did you first get interested in marine science? Um, my grandfather lived uh, on the beach in New Jersey and there was a, there's a conservancy there called the Wetlands, Wetlands Institute. And they, um, they had summer camps and my parents would drop me off the summer camp and then I would learn about marine biology. And then uh, eventually you do that enough times and you're hooked. And uh, so when I went to Chicago, I started working at the Field Museum, um, oh, working cool. with uh, with a professor there who was looking at uh, fish jaw morphometrics. Um, 
and I started working with uh, another professor who was looking at uh, feeding mechanics and they got me in touch with this uh, doctor down in Florida and she worked with sea turtles and um, after I who was that after Jeanette Weineken Mm, after after I um, sort of was her gopher for that summer. <laughs> I did a, I did a bunch of odd jobs that summer, but I really, really loved it. And so I applied for a master's program in sea turtles and I just kept going. She took over when doc retired, right? No. So that's, uh, that's Dr. Kate uh, Mansfield up at university of, university of central Florida. Oh, oh wait, that's right. Wait, wait. Yeah. Joe, jo, I was going to ask him, um, was it the sea turtle research you loved or just the odd jobs? <laughs> uh, I don't know the answer because, because <laughs> when I was working at wetlands, it was uh, diamondback terrapins who are like this big. And then I moved on to sea turtles, which are much bigger. <laughs> so he was, uh, Jake had his hands like, you know, a foot or something apart. And then he stretched them beyond the size of the screen to tell yeah. you the sea turtles Which is are. big. Yeah. Yeah. They're big old turtles. So, and and it seems like uh, it seems like you've had some really really cool experiences and really cool research projects. I just looked at your CV and I was like, this guy's had a cool career already. I got I got I go places and do things and and study things. So he can die a happy man right now. Um, you know, I don't want to get COVID. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Joe, don't, but, uh, don't make it dark right off the bat, huh? Not right after that. I'll, oh. I'll, I'll have to save slowly that work that in. Yes. Yeah, save the dark stuff for the end. We no, uh, we we had a we had a scheduling planning meeting today where we were talking about uh, how we're going to change our normal protocols to reflect CDC guidelines. Um, I don't know if I'm going to sleep very much this summer <laughs> because we're going to be doing a lot more um, one person on the beach at a time, um, one person on a bike at a time. Um, whereas you would have more people normally. Um, it's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a lot of on the beach time, which is, which is awesome. Right. But it's also going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Before well, and we... with the, the less amount of people on the beaches though, um, it should actually give the, the sea turtles a chance to, uh, you know, have a better nesting season, you would think as well, right? It's going to be really fascinating to look at before quarantine and then after quarantine and see, I mean, like, like if you go onto the internet, there's all sorts of look at all of these cities that you can see the skyline now because there's no pollution. Uh, it'll be really interesting to know what happens. Um, that'll be someone's master's or PhD project down the line, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. I should say you've already done your master's and PhD and the things you did them on are really, really cool. So before we get into what you're going to do with Moat this summer, which is the biggest thing here, I just want to ask you a few ra totally random questions about stuff you've done. Like <laughs> what's a, what's a mating system in sea turtles? You studied that. What does that even mean? Whoa. Uh, so, okay. Um, so a mating system is um, 
when you are talking about population dynamics, you uh, there are a couple of different factors that you look at. One of them is how many individuals there are. Another one is how many individuals are mating at a time. Another is how often do they mate. And a mating system sort of takes all of those things together and, and defines what a population is doing. Mm-hmm. So um, sea turtles are are promiscuous um they have sex with multiple partners and Mm -hmm. it can vary depending on the species and the location so what i was looking at from my masters um was that we were looking at a small beach um, of loggerheads um and we were trying to figure out what their mating system was um in georgia um and then with my phd i went and expanded that to more species and more beaches so we could look at a wider range of um of species and beaches (laughs) of populations so i mean i've kind of grown up with a, a very colloquial layman's understanding of sea turtle mating and reproduction and it seems like at least some of that stuff was known, but you were filling in like little cool details of it. You were looking at the paternity of the sea turtles, which I thought was just, it sounds funny to say, but can you tell us why you would do paternity testing with turtles? Yeah, so so our main metric of sea turtle populations is based off of how many females we see nesting. Um, they are... Uh, charismatic megafauna and people really like them Um, and 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 they thankfully come to us (laughs) and they nest on beaches which means that we can just go out onto the beach and we can count them all Um, but the problem with that is that that's only half of the population um, because males stay out in the ocean and we don't see them um, the only time we see them is if they are sick or if someone gets a massive grant and gets a boat and goes and counts them all. <laughs> um, but what we can do instead is that we can remember back from genetics 101 that half your DNA is from your mom and half it's from your dad. And we know that they have sex with multiple partners and we know that they can store sperm which means that we can look at paternity of nests and figure out how many males there are within each nest. So, so yes, um, they're all from the same mom. The whole nest is all the same mom. She, she laid them. She produced the eggs. Um, but say half of them will be from one dad and half of them will be from another. Or if she had sex with more uh, males, it could be a different ratio. Um, And what we can do is that we can sample enough of the population that we get a better idea of how many males are actually contributing to our beach and then extrapolate from there how many could be contributing to the population. Yeah. And did you have, did you find like a, did you tend to find a certain like average ratio of like how many males would mate with a female or anything? Did you find something? Or like a super stud. Super stud. It's, (laughs) it's, uh, it actually depends on the species. Um, but but the, but the main thing is that it's basically random. Um, it doesn't look like there are super males. It looks more like um, the males will mate with anything that moves and is turtle shaped, um, okay. <laughs> which is how we get hybrids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've, we've seen some hybrid, uh, seen some hybrid pairings on our coast uh, for now and again. Yeah. That's yep. 
we get we uh there are a lot of loggerhead and green hybrids and mm-hmm. we're starting to also see uh hawksbill uh green hybrids uh, really hybrids. yeah which is which is super cool wow um but they're long lived so i don't know if we'll be able to see um the next generation you might have to like if you have kids you, someday you have to convince your kids to get into this field so they can, they can yeah i mean, I mean i'm pretty that. young though so if i just become a professor that could be my that could be my my long term <laughs> Oh, take yeah, it from yeah. a take it from a dad. It's hard to get them to do anything. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's a do what you're doing. <laughs> Dear son, I need you to answer this very specific research question with your entire life. Yeah, no, uh, okay. but that's what graduate students are for. They're like your, they're offspring. like your, uh, your academic offspring, right? Yes, that's yes. right. <laughs> that's right. And you've you've done some teaching, so you know you know all about mentoring the next uh, generation. There, I, I have. I uh, I taught uh, high school students when I was in Georgia. Um, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I also um, after I graduated from my PhD, I also taught at an honors college in Florida, um, really and that that was better. Yeah, yeah, that was better. <laughs> So Jake, our, our recording today, I could be wrong, but is today like the first day of nesting season or is it that- is the, the morning crew went out this morning and, um, I, I haven't heard that there were any nests. I think that would have been, that I would have gotten a text. Um, but the, the nesting on this coast is a little delayed from the East coast. Mm-hmm. So the East coast has had, um, a number of leatherbacks. They've had a really good season so far. Um, but they've, but the first couple of loggerhead nests were only recorded this last week. Um, so it'll probably be a little while before it starts picking up over here. Yeah. And I should throw in there that we, on this coast, like we're, we're told that like nesting season officially, officially starts May 1st, but we start monitoring now because um, mm-hmm. the turtles don't know, you know, what day. Turtles don't follow a, They don't know what day we right. put on a calendar. So, true. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's, you know. Water temperature and other factors, right, Jake? There are a number of factors, um, and uh, and now I mean, this year should be lower He's than last his year. <laughs> than last year, but um, be, because um, green turtles nest in cycles, so so last year was a high year, and this year should be a low year. Um, but uh, you know, sea turtles do what they want to do. And, uh, and so we'll see how, how big the population uh, gets this year. We've had some big years recently. and uh, <laughs> I know, you guys are growing. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Um, and this, this population of loggerheads is pretty uh, distinctive for its size, I understand, and probably a lot bigger than the... Well, I don't know if it's the same population you were studying in Georgia, or is this a different population or segment? <laughs> So um, they're all part of the regional management unit, which is a really fancy name for like just a section of area that, that we use as a way to, um, to split the populations into. It's like Um, Southeast United States is. Yeah. And the Gulf of Mexico, parts of, parts of the Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But um, there was, there is a guy um, based out of the university of Georgia. His name is, Dr. Brian Shamblin, and he figured out that there is subdivisions within the loggerhead population, and so our population is um, in in the Gulf of Mexico is separate from the 
the ones over on the Atlantic coast and even the ones up in Georgia. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. So <laughs> that you, mean cool. Like, you mean genetically separate or mm-hmm. behaviorally like a location? Where uh, it, it's both, both and. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that one can, one can go with the other and. Well, yeah, because from some of the, uh, the satellite tagging we've done with the, the turtles, we see some go huge distances and then some just, stay within you know 100 yard 100 miles of you know where yep. we release them so it's really weird how they behave well i mean just like people sea turtles have their own uh behavioral quirks mm-hmm. um so there are some that uh there so there there are some that uh some males who will hang around um after they presumably mate so that they can find more mates um, but then there are some males who are just out of here as soon as as soon as they find their first or or a couple um and it, there's a there's a professor there's a doctor over at University of Central Florida who's looking at um green turtles and she characterizes them as different different behavioral patterns because of how they how they um they're they're like four different kinds some of them are stay at home some of them uh, are travelers because they go all over the place. Some of them are following the females as they go up. Um, it, it's uh, and some of them are uh, non-responsive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we got we've got the homebodies. We've got the the world travelers. We've got the studs, and then we've got the <laughs> the, the non-responsive ones. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that aren't paying attention. They're the ones that are over fifty-six. Oh, I think we could assign some funny names to these uh, these well-formed, scientifically classified groups here. Um, uh, she did, but I can't remember them. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Well, so what uh, what part of uh, so this summer that we're entering nesting season now? What part of this are you most uh, looking forward to? Um, I. I'm really looking forward to going back on the beach. <laughs> I um I finished my PhD in uh in 2019. No, 2018. 2018. Jeez, and I I know I'm I'm <laughs> starting to starting to forget. Um and when I was uh I wasn't anymore in my PhD program, but I still volunteered to help with some master students and went out to the beach. <laughs> I, I just really like doing field work. Um, the, the genetic side afterwards is, um, is fulfilling and the analysis is rewarding, but being out on the beach and being able to, to ride an ATV and, and work with animals um, as my job is, is great. <laughs> See, I, I volunteered as a turtle tagger for Moat for I think it was like four years and yep. um my favorite part of the the tagging was riding the ATV yep and I think that was the only fun part of it you can't because they can't go very it, fast but it's well great. no it's great it's great but <laughs> but the no CMs and mosquitoes and the 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 iodine and everything it just it's yeah it got to be a little too much and now work. think about doing that with gloves and with a mask. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so much more fun. <laughs> 
So you guys, and we've probably talked about this with our other turtle scientists here before, but you guys have to stay up for most of the night if you want to yep. have a night of, of tagging turtles. And this year, I assume you'll be doing both tagging for identification and probably some satellite transmitters for tracking the migrations. Mm -hmm. Good. Cool. I have already started switching over to night, so, uh, so it's great that we're meeting in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> what oh, what he does in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> What time, of day uh, do you, what time of day do you wake up now? Um, well, today it was different because I had a meeting in the morning. But, oh, yeah. um, but I normally will try and go to sleep at 7 in the morning wow. and then get up after 6 hours or so. So what is that? That's so you're ready to math in my head. 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So you can do the uh, sunset to uh, sunrise kind of thing. Yep. It's uh, It's... It's nice to not. Um, it's a, it's a different. It's a it's it's different. I mean, like yeah. your your body is not night shift. used to night shift, but it's also really quiet, and it's nice to be sort of like the only people that are out there. And well, especially now they'll be. Well, yeah, especially now. <laughs> yeah, only people on yeah. earth. The only people on so and what are some of the big questions that you get to work on this summer with these methods? Um, is it more mating systems, genetics? Is it migrations? Like how many different things do you and how many things do you get to focus on this summer? I was hired to revamp the research at Moat for the C Turtle program. Um, when Dr. Tucker was here, um, yep. he Tony. did yep, Tony, he did a lot of research. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and when he left, um, the tagging program kept going and the satellite tagging, uh, program kept going. So I'm going to be doing and starting a lot of other projects so that we can, uh, beef up our, um, our publication record. Um, but also so that we can have projects that, um, that progress past me, um, progress past whoever comes after me. Um, so that so we can keep uh, moat um, current with with the stuff that's going on. So um, so Kristen Mazzarella is uh, is going to be um, heading up the the tagging program this year, and she's doing um, satellite tags um, for loggerheads and for some greens. Um, we have a collaboration with um, Dr. Siriani from FWC, who's looking at isotope analysis of um, of of loggerheads and uh, and greens, um, and looking yep, looking okay. at their foraging uh, behavior, um, and and um, she actually has um, if if we can get her, we have someone from FWC who's going to be helping us this summer um, with with uh, the governor's orders um, of stay at home. We don't know if she'll be able to do it or not, but but if she can, that would be great. Yeah, um, so so that's that's the stuff that's already um, uh, that's already uh, in progress, um, and then um, we're going to be adding my stuff to it. Um, so I have I'm going to bring my breeding sex ratio stuff here. Um, breeding sex ratio is the number of successful males and females that are in a population. Um, so. So when we were talking about mating systems earlier, you're really trying to figure out how many males and females there are total. 
mm-hmm. but we can't actually measure that. <laughs> yeah. We, no. we, we can only measure the ones that are successful because the males that um, are inefficient at breeding won't have any offspring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, and, so, that, and it seems like the successful ones are the ones that would, I guess, matter the most for modeling the populations because they're the ones passing the genes on and having correct. babies. Yeah. Correct. They're the, they're the ones that are going to be um, contributing to the next generation, mm-hmm. which, um, which is what we're most interested in um, because, well, for one, because they're contributing to the next generation, but also um, because they can have sex with multiple partners they are the ones that are adding into the variation of the genetics. Um, and, and that's important. Yeah. They're the ones whose, uh, whose traits related to their genetics can be passed on. And those traits might have implications for who's going to, who's going to survive. And uh, the more mixing of the gene pool we have, the better. Diversity. We, we also are looking at breeding sex ratio because we don't actually know how many males there are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we, in a in an ideal population, you'd have a one to one sex ratio, um, but sea turtles have temperature dependent sex determination, yeah. um, which means that uh, the general rule is hot chicks and cool dudes, right, right. where you have warmer temperatures produce females and cooler temperatures produce males, um, and we know that for loggerheads, um, their hatchling sex ratio has been skewed female for at least thirty years, um, so those hatchlings are now adults and we don't know what the adult sex ratio looks like. Um, so by looking at the breeding sex ratio, we can get a better idea of how many males there might be out there, mm-hmm. um, which, which is something that we just don't know. Um, and it's, and so, um, so this project is, is helping us fill a gap that um, well, and with, with current uh, t- uh, temperature trends and everything too, it doesn't look like it's going to swing back the other way either. Does it? There's some, discussion about well maybe turtles will start nesting earlier um, because that'll take advantage of the cooler um, weather cooler temperatures there's some there's some idea that maybe they'd start migrating north um, but I haven't seen any evidence of that um, uh, at least for loggerheads Um, yeah it makes me it made me wonder about like this rare case of like a leatherback coming here that we saw last year i had kind of wondered if it had anything to do with that but it's just one turtle so it's like what can you really say right yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and there was a there was a report report last year of of a loggerhead i think it was a loggerhead nesting in in new york <laughs> and, and like well i feel like you got lost <laughs> but um yeah. but that's cool <laughs> it's like good job you you tried your best <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's not good oh that's crazy i think we had one turtle who oh i might i might say this wrong but i could swear we had one turtle that nested on the west coast and then was tagged and tracked to maybe nesting on the east coast ones Does yeah like to, up in, to nantucket or something like that i thought no yeah. no no like the east coast uh, of florida have you ever heard of that oh, yes there was a turtle that was tagged here and uh was found in melbourne florida okay um, oh. yeah. yeah and 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 one of and at least one of my turtles from sanibel has shown up on the east coast as well so we know that they make it yeah. um but it's not normal. It's it's not like it's it's not something that they're doing on on the regular. The genes aren't the genes of those turtles aren't moving back and forth all the time, mixing and mingling. They're pretty separate. Yeah. Um, the the females are are uh, they they have natal homing, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, where they basically come back to the same area that they're hatched from. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like males are the ones that are moving up and down, providing that gene flow across oh. different areas. Now, do they get in the loop, in the uh, the golf loop there, and do they end up going all the way around? The hatchlings and do. So, so, yeah, so the once um, once the hatchlings at least in the, on the Atlantic side, um, once they leave the coast, um, they enter into the Gulf stream and then off they go. <laughs> and then we lose them for a couple of years and then they come back and they start eating up all the stuff that's, uh, that's near, uh, nearby. So they kind of go up to Ireland and then England and then down the coast past France. Well, well, we actually don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Um, yeah, they're called the lost years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we know like that there, there's um, there was a paper that um, that Kate Mansfield from UCF and uh, Jeanette Weineken from FAU, where they put um, these little tiny satellite tags on um, on Hatchlings. hatchlings that that had been raised for a couple months, so they okay. could handle the okay. the tag, um, and. I don't remember how long those tags lasted, okay. but it's, it's a really cool, like they just all go up and they all get stuck into that gyre and then, and then their tags disappear because either what he was doing or, um, or the tags stop working Joe for was, other Joe was non-morbid reasons. <laughs> they're, they're, they're snack size for a lot of, a lot of animals. <laughs> uh, other things have to eat too. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Joe, Joe was imi- imitating a delicious, nutritious meal of a tiny turtle. Yeah, that's true. Oh, it's, it's sad, but that we know that there's a relatively low number of them that make it to adulthood. I've, you know, so one in a thousand or something. We've like heard that? that said, and then we've heard some of our. Who knows? Melissa, it's worse than that. Actually, it's it's uh, uh, the last one that I heard was one in fifteen hundred, but oh, no. I, but it's always being adapted because we we, I mean, it's what 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 I tell my students is by the time that a loggerhead reaches sexual maturity, they're thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thirty-two, and I can think of a host of times where I should not have survived. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and if you, and if you think back at, at that, then, then one in 1500 doesn't seem as bad. Since it's nesting season or just about, we would be remiss if we didn't give out some turtle friendly tips. <laughs> um, I'm going to rattle some of them off. You guys, if you have listened to two sea fans before, you may very well know a lot about protecting sea turtles, but here's a reminder. There's you, five of them. There's five. No, I think there's more than that. Sorry. Okay, well, I'm I don't know. five. I don't know how many there are. <laughs> it depends on how you break them up. I think there can be as many as you want. Okay, uh, let's go. So number ready? one. Okay, number one. If you encounter a nesting turtle or hatchlings, remain quiet and observe from a distance. Number um, two. I'm going to do these now in a form of true or false, and Joe's going to have to tell me if they're true or false. Oh, okay. no, no. Ready? Ready? <laughs> I don't think we have Jake do it. <laughs> Because he already knows the answers, and it's no oh, good. maybe he doesn't. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he better know by now. Okay, Joe. Joe, should you keep your lights on and visible from the beach all night long? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You should shield or turn off your lights that are visible from the beach, so you're not disorienting those hatchlings who need to follow the brighter horizon over the ocean. Um, so you can buy uh, bulbs that are the right color, though. That's right. So if yes. you have if you have a property near the beach, you can find specialty bulbs that are the right wavelength. Mm-hmm. 
those are perfectly fine. Yeah, and I think that FWC has like some approved lighting info mm -hmm. online, they if do. I remember. They so, do. And it goes without saying, you should close your drapes after dark. And, and Joe, should you, is it okay to leave a beach chair on the beach, true or false? No, n no leaving chairs, no. beach, no. No chair no. leaving? Bad, bad. Oh, why not? Because <laughs> turtles get trapped in chair. Chair turtles not. are not the brightest bulbs in the box. They, <laughs> they, they, have a, they have a specific goal where they are going to go towards the dark part of the beach. And if your uh, beach chair is there, they will get stuck. And then you will find a very sad turtle in the morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a good, a good probably point. a pretty demolished chair as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Your chair turtle. will be gone. Well, it'll, it'll still be there. Just. So what's the matter with holes on the beach? Why, why shouldn't you leave a hole on the beach, Joe? Tell me. Uh, because the uh, poor hatchlings will get trapped in the hole and then become food for some ravenous land creature, such as a raccoon or dog or cat. Or Jake is rare, right. Rare opossum. Is he right? <laughs> he is correct. Um, most hatchlings will get out of those holes, but by the time that they get out of the holes, they'll be tired. Um, and so they might not be able to make it very far in the ocean. And that is directly related to those holes. They have some energy from that yolk sac that they hatch they do. with. And that's no yolk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that was, bad. That, that was timely, but but not great. <laughs> Time, timely, but not appreciated at all. <laughs> so they have that limited amount of energy. They need that to propel themselves offshore to the weed line where they're going to mm -hmm. shelter. Um, <clears throat> should you, if you see nesting, tur or nesting turtles or hatchlings moving along the beach, should you give them a push in the right direction? Absolutely. Not. Not. <laughs> Absolutely not. 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 Do not, do not touch them. <laughs> um, is it? Is it in fact illegal to touch them? Is that correct? It is. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm Jake. No, no. You, you, you did a good job. It, it is. It is illegal to touch them. <laughs> Flashlights or fishing lamps on the beach. We already covered. You don't want to distract or disorient them with light. Um, and no fireworks, guys. <laughs> Not near the no. beach. Don't do that. Or campfires. Ooh. Campfires, fireworks, lanterns, flashlights. So what can people do to uh, help or, or stay out of your way? Stay out of your uh, way. <laughs> I appreciate when people come and ask us questions on the beach um, because, A, I, I'm an educator, and so I prefer to educate than to shoo you away. Um, yeah. but, uh, but we will be out on Casey Key. Um, and so if you see our red lights, um, you're welcome to talk with me. Um, or otherwise, um, will you give them my email or my whatever we'll contact you, information? We'll make sure that uh, Dr. Jake LaSala has a page on our website soon. Just like sure, they can, and they can go to the website. Yeah, yep, yep, because I, I have been answering questions as, as this uh, time has gone on. <laughs> <laughs> I asked. I answered a, a really cool question about uh, fin, not fin, a flipper uh, morphology and, and evolution. Yeah. All right, Joe, did you learn something new today? I did. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm really glad. It's always a good day when I learn something. Is there anything we forgot to ask you, Dr. Jake Wasala? Am I saying your name right? 
You are. It's uh, I. I'm Irish and Italian. It's very uh, red hair, but very much last name Italian. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> Dr. Jake Lasala, thank you for joining us today. Thank you uh, for having um, me. Two C fans. Yeah. Not at Moat right now. Two C fans out in the world. Um, so we'll see you guys again soon for another episode of Two C fans at Moat. Bye. Okay.